Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. What's going on, Anthony? Nothing much, David. How are you? Do you think we can do this entire podcast without mentioning uh, the name Jimmy Butler? I just mentioned him, but... Yeah, you, you got us like 24 seconds in, so... <laughs> Uh, we are also joined once again by Tim Reynolds, uh, Associated Press writer, who is inside the bubble, uh, our bubble correspondent. Um, Tim, what was it like last night? You're in trouble. That's all I'm going to say. And my answer to everything all day today is going to be, you're in trouble. <laughs> because I just think that's the most overblown but hilarious thing of all time. It, how, what was it like? It was... Um, I'll say this, either between the combination of angry media members redoing their flights out of here because they all thought this would be a sweep and they were going home Wednesday, um, versus a very interesting postgame from LeBron that I know we'll get into, versus there's just now a, a, a big face coffee-sized jolt of caffeine in the veins of, of this Heat team. Um, a lot to go over from last night, David. Yeah. I mean, how much do you think uh, Jimmy drank before last night? I would drank say coffee. Drank, drank, coffee. drank coffee, yes. Obviously drank coffee. Yeah. About, about seven gallons, I think, of Big Face coffee, it, it seems like. And although Anthony would love this, so the coffee thing has become such a deal up here. Like, there's been all the stories, all the tweets. Yep. They have now smuggled in, like the TV guys – like, they say there's only, like, 10 of us in the bubble when there's really, like, 20 writers in the bubble now, it seems like, or reporters. Uh-huh. There's 8,000 TV production people right. here. They've snuck in a Cuban coffee maker. Oh, uh, yeah? And they're going around the arena now before the game, like, handing out. And it's not bad. It's not Miami. But it's not bad. So this this is the finals that was sponsored by coffee. With all due respect to YouTube TV the 2020 NBA Finals were presented by coffee. I'm so jealous. That's like one of the big reasons I, I'm sad I'm not there because I would love to have done a story on coffee, but it's just so hard to do it when you're not in there. Um, but that's that's awesome. Yeah, and I just said because Jimmy, it was a performance last night. We'll obviously cover it from all angles on here today. Um, but basically from like, from the jump last night, um, he had that that interview with Rachel Nichols pregame. You know they've been doing um, that. I actually like. I've kind of liked the I'm, the coach interviews, or you you can leave those. But I've actually kind of liked the player interviews they do right before tip off. I think those have been uh, pretty insightful. Um, I mean, you could just tell from there that you know this this Heat team I think has been pretty. Um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but. They've seemed confident, but not over. Like they, they, they've seemed kind of measured in their confidence. They know what they need to do to win. Um, they know they basically have to play perfect, um, and they know that if they play perfect, they can win. They just—it's hard, obviously, to play forty-five plus minutes of perfect basketball every night. But I mean, you saw it in Game Two. They probably played like thirty-five to like forty perfect minutes, and basically there was one Lakers run in there that. That killed them. And then last night, it was basically 45 minutes. Every minute Jimmy was on the court, they were in control of that game. Um, oh, where do you want to start with his performance last night? Because obviously there's the, there's the triple-double of it. There's the 40 points. There's guarding LeBron. Um, just to each of you, what what 
will you remember kind of most from that performance last night? For me, it's it's just his relentlessness as far as getting into the paint. I mean, he didn't attempt a three last night, yeah. which isn't uncommon for Jimmy, but uh, he finished with a career-high 26 paint points. And I think he took how many free throws? Like 11 free throws? Uh, 14 free throws, actually. Uh, he was just, from from tip, he was just going head first to the rim. Um, and he, I mean, he pretty much, anybody the Lakers put on him, uh, not named LeBron, and even LeBron in a few possessions, he just, he, he took him right to the basket and was able to get, you know, get get to the rim on them. Uh, obviously, having Anthony Davis in foul trouble helps where he's not as as quick to contest those shots, but you have to give Jimmy credit. Uh, 26 pain points, no threes attempted. He was going to, if he was going to go down, he was going to go down uh, being his aggressive self and to me, that's kind of what stood out. It was very, you know, you see these 40-point games in the finals and the playoffs, and a lot of guys are getting them because they made four, five or six threes. Jimmy didn't attempt a three. Like, that was an old-school 40-point uh, game the hard way, um, and, and that's kind of the player Jimmy is. Yeah, I don't think it's, like, too much of hyperbole to say it was Jordan-esque. Like, that's how Jordan got his 40-point games, was <laughs> not taking any threes, just going to the rim, getting fouled, hitting those mid-range jumpers. Jimmy's mid-range was definitely on last night like that was we do yeah you don't like you said you you don't see performances like that in the modern nba and and, well technically you've only seen one in history and it's with an asterisk so he he drew 11 fouls last night they followed him 11 times and not all of them were in the paint but most of them were right and yet most of his shots are still coming in the paint like usually you keep hitting a guy they're going to go away at some point. So the only guys in Heat playoff history who have drawn 11 fouls in a game are Dwayne, LeBron, and Shaq. Wow. Shaq was in a hack a Shaq game. Like all of his all of his field goal attempts that night were at the rim. Everything mm-hmm. and all the fouls they drew, all the fouls that the Mavs threw at him were hack a Shaq, or you know the vast majority of them. Most of the time, when Dwayne and LeBron they were getting fouled away from the basket. I mean, they just weren't going to the rim as much as Jimmy was last night. Jimmy was like the fighter who knows he's going to get punched in the face and sits there and smiles at you after you do it. Like sits there through like the bloody mouth guard and just laughs at you. I, I'll, what I remember, your, your, your initial premise, David, your question was, what do you remember from last night? I still say LeBron James is the best player in the world. I think he's the baddest man in the league. I can't recall a night where someone stared him down and and won. I just don't recall it. Jimmy, from the jump last night, was like, okay. And I'll tell you something. Like I'm watching LeBron warm up last night, and he's got the game six Boston face on. Like He wants to go home. Okay, he right. wants the series over. I think you got LeBron at his very focused best. I don't think the rest of the Lakers were there mentally at all, but I think you got LeBron at his laser focused best. And Jimmy Butler was like, "Cool, I'm going to beat you anyway." I I've never seen someone do that, particularly on this stage, particularly oh down oh two in a series with two of your starters out, like. The Heat, were, the Heat weren't supposed to have a chance last night. 
And Jimmy loves those moments where he's like, oh, this isn't supposed to happen? Excuse me while I do this. Yeah. yeah like I said, they were, it seemed like they were kind of on to some things in game two. Obviously, the defense was better in the second half. And, and the offense, obviously, it wasn't the, that sort of Jimmy performance in game two. But the offense was really good in game two. Um, and they just leaned into it to a pretty absurd degree last night. I, I compared it after game two, and I think a lot of people were. It felt like the 2015 finals where, you know, they slowed it down. The Cavs slowed it down on offense when Kyrie and Kevin Love were out and basically just told LeBron to, you know, either drive and kick or drive and score on every possession or, or set up in the post and draw double teams and stuff like that. And um, Jimmy did it to a degree that not even LeBron did it in that series. And yeah, as you said, he went toe-to-toe with LeBron last night. Uh, I think um, Mark Spears had the, the stat that he is the first player in playoff history to outscore, out-rebound, and out-assist LeBron in a single game. Um, so, I mean, it truly was. like it, Obviously, there's only been three 40-point triple-doubles in the finals. This is the only one ever in a win. Um, you know, it's it's... You could probably count the number of finals games better than this one on one hand. Yeah, and if I would have told you before the game, I just think it's, this is interesting um, because so many games go like not the way we predict them to go. Uh, the Lakers are going to get 52 bench points, and the Heat were going to make just 12 threes. Yeah. Uh, that the Heat were going to win. Like that usually is not the formula, especially against the Lakers. But Jimmy was just that good like he he single i know it's more than one guy but he single-handedly won this game for them and i also think the adjustment of playing more man-to-man um seemed to help the heat uh defensively um and, yeah. and they the rebounding i think really was what the re- yes yeah. the rebounding for sure and then also the fact that they weren't as easy to switch off lebron like you didn't have many possessions uh in game three where you had duncan or tyler or one-on-one on LeBron like whenever they switch those guys switch off to LeBron they were pretty quick for Jimmy to switch back um and he was right there to, to get back on him so I think those that adjustment really made a big difference as far as slowing down uh the Lakers but you I you can't understate like the importance of slowing down Anthony Davis he hadn't done that all all year and that you know the foul trouble really really helped yeah, Scott Foster slowed him down a little bit too which was that definitely helped the heat but you jump into, I, I thought one of the biggest plays of the night, even though the Heat didn't really capitalize from it in that moment, was when Kelly Olynyk stood in front of AD and got that third foul yeah. late in the second quarter. Yeah. And it looks like the Lakers were going to check one early in the third. That changed everything. And I, I still don't think the fourth foul was on him. I thought it was on Dwight. But a lot of things went their way. D- David, you brought up, Nobody's ever outscored, out-rebounded, out-assisted LeBron. I, there's no search string for this, but I've been trying for a couple hours. I cannot – Jimmy Butler last night outscored everybody else on the floor by 15. He had 40. LeBron mm-hmm. was next with 25. 15-point 15 gap, 15 gap there. I can't find a game ever where a guy was the leading scorer in the game by 15 points and the leading assist man in the game – by five. And he had, I mean, LeBron had eight. Rondo had five. Nobody else had more than three. Jimmy Butler did everything all game. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
I can't. I, I, I'm going to go crazy looking for this stat, but I can't. I, I don't think it's happened where somebody outscored everyone else in the game by 15 and had five more assists than everybody else too. Yeah, I, I mean, it's entirely possible that tomorrow night he has like 11, seven, and four, and if they win, he'll be equally happy. But seriously, this was some um, 2006 game three. Give the ball to the guy from Marquette and see what he does. Type stuff. That's what it was last night. Yeah. Did Did you guys think Jimmy had this in him? Like, did you think he had this type of game in him entering the season, or is this a surprise? Entering the season, oh, cool. I did not. And entering the fourth quarter last the, night. I don't, yeah. I well, like I said, I, th- I thought he had games like game two in him, right? Like I thought. What do you, what do you have in that? Twenty five? Is that what he finished with? Like Yeah, like twenty five and thirteen twenty five, like nine and thirteen, I think. Like I thought he had like maybe thirty point triple double in him, but um you know, he we I mean all year we watched him like basically not want to score a lot. Um and obviously a lot of that was because, you know, Bam is on the court and Goron's on the court and in the regular season, you know, Kendrick Nunn was a fifteen point a game scorer and um, you know, Tyler Hero in the playoffs to score in ten in every game, but um, yeah, the scoring is, is what the, the the part of it I, I didn't know he had and didn't think he even like necessarily wanted. I, I didn't. I mean, I would have never said that he could pull off a forty point triple double in the finals. I mean, I, I don't know why we'd even come up with it. <laughs> right. but I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I. It's not. It's so. This is going to be crazy to say this, but you you got to look. It's not just the numbers. Like, forget 40, 11, and 13. Or was it 12? I don't remember. 40, 11, and 13. Mm-hmm. Down 0-2. Yeah, circumstances. Down two right. men. Guarding number 23. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, you, you couldn't do this in 2K. <laughs> I... I, I I, I don't – we always overreact to stuff, right? Like we always say, oh, my gosh, this is the greatest thing we've ever seen. And this was the greatest moment in Heat history. And this was the greatest this and this is the greatest that. You know, we watched number three do some pretty neat stuff in finals games over the years. We watched number six, which he was then, do some pretty cool stuff in finals games over the years. If, if somebody wants to argue that this wasn't the best finals game in Miami Heat history, um, I would welcome that discussion. It was – not just the numbers, but all of it. Guarding LeBron, staring him in the eye. I, I mean, no, David, I did not think he had all of that in him because we've never seen anybody right. have even close to this in them. It, it almost resembled that, I don't even remember the stat line from LeBron in that game, but that game six, game in, uh, the game in Boston in, in the Eastern Conference Finals, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the circumstances, I know they weren't two men down, but they're down 3-2. The blueprints on, you know, the blueprints basically, you know, on the line in that game. And LeBron goes out there and pretty much has one of the best games of his career. Like, that that's kind of what it reminded me of. You know what the consistent thread between those two nights game, or between, between those two games are? What? Paul Pierce was wrong. <laughs> uh, to, Paul, me, <laughs> to me, I, you, you touched on it a little bit, Tim, but. The way that he defended LeBron last night, and I think early on it kind of set the tone. He had that steal against LeBron, um, where he like kind of went over a screen and came from behind from LeBron and poked it away, and then got a run out dunk. Um, you know, he like you said, he went like he was he didn't back down against LeBron at all, and obviously, you know, in the 
end of the first quarter when LeBron's jawing at Tyler Hero and I guess saying, uh, you're in trouble, Jimmy steps kind of between them and starts yelling back. He'd obviously up three at that point, and then after he hits that layup at the end, uh, says it right back at LeBron, uh, gets LeBron, and LeBron admitted it was a little bit of frustration that he walked off the court uh, with 10 seconds left and the heat dribbling out the clock. Um, LeBron, or Jimmy played... 32 possessions of defense on LeBron last night. LeBron had nine points and seven turnovers. Like, he, as much as he did on the offensive end, um, you know, LeBron basically with AD in foul trouble, and, and like you said, the rest of the Lakers supporting cast, you know, there are a couple of guys I could get. Markeith Morris was good. Rondo was awesome. Um, he, LeBron could have done what Jimmy did last night. Um, and... Not only did Jimmy outplay him on offense, he was the guy on defense preventing him from uh, having that sort of night. Yeah, LeBron did not play good last night. Like he, I, you know, a lot of that was Jimmy, but he did not play good. I mean, eight turnovers, four turnovers yeah. in the final like eight minutes of the game, he didn't play good. And um, obviously, Anthony Davis did. You know, was slowed by the foul trouble, like we said, like fifteen points. And I think in the fourth quarter, those two combined for five points. Like they, they were just yeah. It was the Jimmy show last night. If those two guys would have given any, like, their normal games, the Lakers would have won. I mean, with, with 52 bench points, like, the Lakers are usually winning most of those games if those two just play up to their averages. Um, but it's like Tim said, you know, Jimmy's offensive output was so, so impressive and important. But just as important was his defense on LeBron, especially down the stretch. Like, Yeah, those was, two you know, travels he forced in the, in the fourth quarter yeah. were huge. Yeah, like those those are huge possessions. And again, I go back to the man defense. Like one of the reasons Jimmy was on LeBron so much in Game Three was because they were playing man. Um, and I think Jimmy really wanted that challenge. I think I, I honestly, I mean, I, I'm not saying that I know this, but if I had to guess, I think Jimmy was one of the you know had a, had a say in saying I, I want to play man to man. I want to guard LeBron, and he took on that challenge and he won that matchup at least for one game. We can say, though, that if LeBron was LeBron and if AD was AD, the Lakers win that game and they're up 3-0. Like, we can say that. Dwight, Danny Green, and KCP were 3-for-13. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were like that game two as well. They like, played bad in game two like as well. Kuzma and Markeith Morris are not going to make nine threes ever yeah. again. again. Like, that's not happening. Um, I'm still waiting. I mean... Tyler, Tyler couldn't shoot it last night. Duncan did get the... I think a very big shot was the last three by Duncan. Because now he remembers that. By the way, and, and we every time we talk, we've talked about plus minus and how stupid plus minus is. Duncan Robinson is going to get that plus 27 and say, oh, wow, maybe I do belong here. And, and I'll say this too. The, the best part to me of this whole you're in trouble back and forth between LeBron, Jimmy, Tyler, whoever was involved, uh-huh. is that LeBron has just, he has done exactly what, if you're a Laker fan, you'd hoped he would do. He has bullied Duncan and Tyler. Yeah. And made them look like 105-pound little dudes next to the most chiseled person in the game. Like, it's amazing to me that we didn't see that coming. Like, Bron has totally 
I mean, he switched on to them. Like, I go back to game two. Like, Duncan gets his fourth foul. LeBron throws four fingers in his face. Like, he has scared them. Or tried to, anyway. And then Jimmy steps in last night, and he's like, no, you're in trouble. Like, don't don't talk to my guys. Now you're in trouble. I'll tell you, like, this whole season has been about brotherhood and fraternity and all these things that teams say, and it's all garbage, except you really believe it with this team. And I do think it's real with this team. But if Duncan and Tyler ever wondered if what, what Jimmy really thinks of them, they found out last night because Jimmy was big brother standing up to the bully. And I'm not saying LeBron's out of line. LeBron is doing exactly what he should be doing. He's rattling Miami's two shooters because they're so dependent on him. But I think those two shooters are going to come into game four in a lot better mindset. And all of a sudden, this is looking like a series. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't, and it wasn't just that he told LeBron, "You're in trouble." Which again, I like you said, I think it's a little overblown, but it's it's a fun story. But he, it's not that he just told LeBron, "You're in trouble." He went, Jimmy went back to the huddle and that, during that timeout and, and was screaming repeatedly, "He's in trouble! He's in trouble! They're in trouble!" Like that, you know. Again, that fight, you know, that message from a team leader like that, it just infuses confidence in everybody. Like where he, you have a response down two zero to the best player in the NBA and your leaders coming back to the huddle with that, with that, like with those words that, you know, that can make a big difference. I know it's intangible stuff, but um, it, it we'll see how it spills over into game four, because I, I do think that that makes a difference. Yeah. It's not a coincidence that right after that, Tyler hits the and one and, and does the snarl, which like, we just hadn't seen that like feisty Tyler like that. Uh, really in this series, right? Like, it, if you were looking for them to get their confidence back, you needed, like, like Tim was saying, Duncan needed that three at the end. Tyler needed those five points, five crucial points down the stretch. Like, they, they, those are two guys who, you know, shooters feed on confidence. And, you know, Tyler, I don't think we ever necessarily doubted his confidence. But, I mean, Duncan has been open about it, like kind of that imposter syndrome thing and, and, you know, he's playing against LeBron in the NBA Finals. You do wonder how much that's just in his head a little bit. And he was great last night other than the shooting. His passing was awesome. He was attacking those closeouts in, you know, a way that when he's at his best, like kind of early in the postseason he was doing really well, or, or in the bubble, I guess, like the end of the regular season. Um, so he was doing all the things that, like, he needs to be doing to stay on the court and, and play well when when those shots aren't falling and, Obviously, he trusts the, the shots to fall eventually. Um, so, yeah, he needed that one at the end of regulation. Jimmy in the fourth quarter, basically after that Rondo layup put the Lakers ahead, he scored or assisted on 18 of the Heat's next 20, and uh, I think it was 21 of 26 to close. Um, so, yeah, as good as those guys were down the stretch, and Kelly Olenek had a big three, um, it was still still all Jimmy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, he, and like it was so impressive. How he, I mean, forty-five minutes in two consecutive games he's played. He's he barely has sat sat on the bench, yeah. and he's had to play. I mean, it's like Eric Spoelstra yeah. said after the game, like we can't afford to have him on the bench. Yeah, and he was got better as the game went on. Like, what does that say about Jimmy? You know that there's just so many impressive aspects from that performance. They were getting outscored by a point of possession. Yeah. A point of possession without Jimmy on the floor. They got outscored by three points. Yeah, those, those are like the three the moments when it felt like the game was maybe going to slip away. <laughs> the three times Jimmy went to the bench. I mean, Twitter was going crazy. They go up big, so so Spo tries to give him a minute in the first quarter, and they go from like 22 to 9 to 
Twitter was like, they're down by 50. I mean, it, it's, it was, I, I'm, I mean, I, I give him credit because he's found a way to do it. He's found, he's obviously in phenomenal condition. Um, this is going to be four games in seven days. Tomorrow night is four games in seven days. He'll get two days off to get ready for game five. But, you know, they're not practicing today. Um, they're, they're doing some media stuff. They're going to watch film. He will be, I'm sure he is, as, as we're taping this, I guarantee you he's making big face coffee for people. I guarantee you the coffee shop Who, is open. Who's getting the free ones today? Does anyone get no free fun. ones? The, the Octavio Delagrana is the only person who gets free, free coffee. Well, today. didn't Goran get a free one after his big... Um... I'm told no. Oh, it did not actually Goran happen. Was, okay. I'm told Goran was misleading us on that. Like, these, like members of the PR team have had to pay for their... Like, it's nuts. <laughs> it's nuts. Like, Brandon gives away his Little Face Coffee. I think they've charged for, like, two cups all year. Like, it's a bad business model for Little Face Coffee. <laughs> Big Face Coffee. This is how my, my sources on the inside of the coffee operation here. He gives Octavio free coffee, right? But then Jimmy puts t- takes $20 out of his own money and puts it in the cash register just to make sure that the books stay even. Jimmy's <laughs> insane about this. This... I'm not. People think this is a joke. It's not a joke. He's literally charging people <laughs> dollars a cup of coffee. And what's worse, they're paying it. I hope he actually has a cash register. That would be so funny. Starbucks is like, you can get twenty bucks for a cup of coffee. Dang. As he said, he knows his clientele, right? He knows knows that they can afford it. Um, I mean, throw throw a muffin out there or something, Jimmy. I mean, come on, man. Um, Tim, you hinted at it at the top, but the LeBron post-game stuff, do you want to, what, what stood out to you from that? I mean, so I've covered enough games when he was with the Heat and I've been to enough finals since, um, I I think I've probably seen 75 or 80% of LeBron's post-game finals news conferences in person, which means I've seen a lot of losses, right? I mean, a lot of wins, a lot of losses. I've never heard him be so complimentary of an opponent. And I know, look, look, he's in a tough spot. I mean, he can't use the usual tricks because you can't, he knows if he says anything even remotely negative about the heat, it's going to turn into world war five. Like I, I, he gets that, but I do think that, I mean, the respect he has for them is real. I mean, yes, he wants to, he wants to just bludgeon them right now and vice versa. But I think there's the, the respect I think is real. Saying Jimmy was phenomenal was stunning to me. I, I mean, I really didn't think that he would go there. And he did it without any reservation, right? Like, he was like, yeah, he was great. I mean, he just, it was brutally refreshing. And, and I really didn't think that he would go to that place. But the part, David, that I really, I was standing in the back of the room because like the interview rooms are like side by side and somebody just gotten done with the heat and you know, Lakers PR isn't real keen apparently on the Miami guy asking questions anyway. So I was sitting in the back of the room and it was Rachel that asked the question about, um, you know, how much do you enjoy these moments against a guy like Jimmy? And his answer like made my jaw drop. 
for me personally, I don't know how many more opportunities I'm going to have. So to be able to go against a fierce competitor like that is something I'll look back on when I'm done playing. I'll miss those moments. He has never talked about the end. No. Ever. Like, doesn't do it. I, I, I'm, this was, I, I, I mean, I'm telling you, I, he, I know people made a big deal that they all walked off with 10 seconds to go, and it's, yeah, it's a stupid thing to do, but I really didn't think it was anything. I don't think it is, any, I think it's just, it's poor form, but it's not like they're shaking hands after the game anyway. Right. They say that to the end. It's like, what are they missing? But I just could not believe that instead of building up his guys, which is usually LeBron's MO after a loss, he tries to build up Jimmy. It's like, are they trying to like get to Jimmy by telling Jimmy how great he is because they know Jimmy hates that? Like, I, I don't know what the game, I don't know what the ploy is here. But it was just a very interesting press conference because it was unlike most LeBron press conferences after a loss we've ever seen. There wasn't any anger. It was just, you tip your cap and, mm-hmm. man, am I going to miss playing against Jimmy Butler when I'm done? I didn't think any of that was coming. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. But I also think it's like we've been saying this entire time. I mean, really, no player has played that game against LeBron in the finals. Like, that is, this was a unique situation um, where, I mean, again, LeBron, Jerry West are the only two other players other than Jimmy that have had a 40-point triple-double in the finals. Like, this was a historic performance. I don't know, you know, LeBron was being honest, obviously, and, and, I mean, he, he, he really couldn't say anything else with the way Jimmy played. Um, and I do think that, that remark of, I'm going to miss these days, like that's, that is surprising. You never, see, you never see LeBron say something like that and, and kind of allude to the end or you know, looming retirement, whatever that is, in two, three, four, well, whoever knows, 10 years maybe for LeBron. Yeah. You, never, you never see him refer to that. So yeah, that, was, that was a little bit eye, eye-opening. That's something I just thought of. Because I wrote it last night, too, and I think a lot of us tweeted it, and you just said it, how the only 40-point triple-doubles were Jerry West, LeBron, and, and now Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy, of course, being the only one to win. I think Pat Riley's the only person in the world who's been in the building for all three. How about that? Is he there for the LeBron one? Wasn't that when he was in Cleveland? Oh. Oh. That's right. Right, I think it was 20... I I didn't write that. No, no, there's never been a 40... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He was there for Jerry West, though. I guess that's why I didn't think of it last night, because I was wrong. I have not had my big face coffee this morning. So So good catch by you, David. I was wrong. Thank you. Um, Tim, Heat and Six is still alive. Heat and Five is still alive. (laughs) I think they're going to go back and win game two now. Um, I... It is. It's very much alive. Should we wrap up with like I don't know if predictions are the right way to go, but but what kind of chance do you give the Heat now? They obviously that was a must win. They they weren't shy about talking about how it was a must win. Um, but well, it's still a tough task. So as as we record this, um, Bam Adebayo and Goran Dragic are still not back in the series, right? I do not expect to see Goran again this season. No matter how, if it goes six or seven, I, I don't yeah. think I don't think Goran Dragic plays again this season. But Bam is interesting. Um, by the time this gets 
processed and dropped. This will probably become moot. But I think he's going to play game four. I think they get... I think they get a huge boost from him coming back, emotional even. I don't think Kelly and Myers get forgotten. I think Spose sees something that works. I think Bam coming back would be the thing that makes Heat in six or seven, whatever you picked, makes it possible because just a jolt of energy, having another body, would bring it would it would help them so much and plus i know for certain that bam watching the way these guys fought the two games without him he is going to be um highly motivated to repay them for their kindness let's just say um i think that's the key if they get bam back on the floor i mean jimmy no one's done this once so it's crazy um if they get Bam back, they have a shot. Um, I do think they have to win game four. Um, I will go as far as to say that whoever wins tomorrow night wins wins the whole thing. Because I do think if Miami wins tomorrow night, they won't break LeBron. I don't know about AD, but I think they'll break the rest of them. Um, I do. They looked like they were playing with one foot on the tarmac last night. They looked like they were gone. Um, getting Now, if, you, if LeBron gets the three wins, forget it. Right. If LeBron gets the 3-1, don't dangle the carrot in front of him. Just don't do it because it's over. It's a wrap if, if, when you do that. Um, Bam coming back, if it happens, they get game four, Miami's going to win the series. If they don't, then I'm driving home on Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to stick with my prediction from the last episode we recorded. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna still going to say Lakers in six. Um I think that he get one more. I don't know which one it is, but um, I agree with him. I don't think Goran, you know, from everything we hear, from everything you see on the television, where you know Goran is kind of you know, yeah, it's a foot. It's, it's, not it's really hard to play before. basketball when your feet don't work. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I, have to say it. I talked to Goran. <laughs> I'm here. I'll just say it. It was a innocent conversation with Goran. Um, he's very worried that if he does go back out there, he's not worried about the pain. Well, just say it. He's not worried about the pain. He's worried about hurting his team. He's worried about being a liability. Right. Yeah. And and that's where it is. And I don't think that gets better in the next week. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And I and I think I mean this is I'm not saying Bam is going to hurt the team. He's obviously going to help the team. But the question is what you know what percent of Bam will you be getting? That that's a big question. Obviously, um, he's going to help. And if he returns in games game four then that's going to be a big boost. And I think do think Game 4 is extremely important. I mean, if, if the Heat lose Game 4, yeah, this series is pretty much over. Um, but I, I just I, – I don't expect – obviously, Jimmy had an all-time great performance in Game 3. The Heat won. LeBron and Anthony Davis did not play well. Um, I, I, I just think the Lakers still, you know, with no gore on, I, you know, I, I don't – I think it's too much – too tough a task for Miami. I'm going to say Lakers in six. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think that he can still get one more in this series. I think, like I said, they've hit on some things. Obviously, you know, like you said, Jimmy's not going to have another 40-point triple-double probably, but he can have another game like he did in game two, and obviously the Heat were, you know, they, they lost by 10. They were, they were down for most of that game, but, but they, it wasn't a blowout by any stretch, and it was really kind of one Lakers run in the second quarter, I think, that 
um, created that separation that Miami could just never make up for. So I, I think they could have a win, an, a close win in a, in a game that plays out like game two with or without Bam. Um, obviously, a lot of it hinges on how healthy Bam is if he returns. Um, but they, they at least made it, you know, they, they made it a fun series. You know, this is a game that is going to go down, not just in, in heat lore, but, you know, it's going to go down in NBA Finals lore. And that is uh, something we uh, – Probably didn't necessarily see coming after after game one of this series. Yeah, can I say one more thing? Like, I, we might some people, and not even me. I mean, you're surprised by last night the Heat won without Bam and Goron, but the Heat have only been swept once in a best of seven series in franchise history. Like, this team doesn't get swept, especially a team like this. You know, with this type of fight that's shown this type of resiliency this season, like we we probably should not have expected them this sweep just because that that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. The only Heat team that's been swept was in 2007 uh, by the Bulls in the first round. And that team did not have this type of resiliency and fight uh, after winning the 2006 championship and kind of, you know, not coasting, but they weren't as hungry that year. So uh, I I don't think this team was ever going to get swept. They were going to at least win one game, and and obviously they avoided the sweep in game three. It's a credit to El Capitan. Yep. I mean, I know... Like I, I'm glad to see that some people up here are finally writing about him. Like I'm, I'm glad to see that he's getting some respect finally because he's been a punchline in this league among the national media for three or four years. Um, I hate that national media term. I just do because I feel like we're all part of it. We all have websites. We're all national now. It's not like you can't read anybody from any paper in the world. It's all online. So, right. but it's. I, I, I'm glad that people are finally getting it. On, on who he is, the role he plays, how valuable it is, and that he just do things a little bit differently. I mean, look, if, they, if there were 15-man rosters, Udonis Haslam would probably wouldn't be on this team. A 17-man roster, it's perfect because Spoh is only going to play 9 or 10 guys anyway, so it's fine. Um, they needed him. And, you know, you don't see him in the back. Like, you don't see him in the back of the bench. Like, he's literally in the shadows of the bench even. But... I would venture a guess. I didn't have my eyes on the whole game. I would venture a guess that he did not smile one time in those two and a half hours last night. I mean, he just can't let go. And it's infectious. And there's just a toughness. I mean, what Myers did last night in 12 minutes, I mean, it looks like, you know, it looks like Myers started because of Bam and took three shots and no big deal. Those were 12 huge minutes by Myers. What Kelly did was huge. The fact that Tyler Hero has the courage to take 18 shots in this game. Yes, a lot of that's Jimmy. Much of it's UD, too. Much of it is UD. Um, it's that You're right. There's the word Frank Isola hates the most. And I, and I love Frank. And Frank's such a good NBA career man. But culture is real, guys. It really, really is. All right, I think we can wrap things up there. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, covering the heat from home. We've got also Tim Reynolds in the bubble at by Tim Reynolds. So follow him for hey. all your on-the-ground insights. Uh, hey, David, two points. more things real quick. Yeah. Shout out Startua. Shout out Marlins. Yeah. Oh, whoa, 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 three more things. And shout out Kane's going to Death Valley and getting it I was going to say. Yeah. I am on record. They're going to Clemson and winning that game. Don't give Brett Lashley two weeks to get ready for you. Do not do that. 
so, fired up. Yeah, go to MiamiHerald.com. There is lots of uh, Miami sports happening. And listen to all the Herald Sports podcasts because we got uh, we got Marlins on Tuesday. We got Canes on Friday. We've got, uh, we'll have another heat one for you probably coming later on this week. Um, so thanks as always for listening. Uh, and we will talk to you guys uh, later this week. 